Welcome to the 301 Podcast, the interview podcast for the hottest up-and-coming entrepreneurs, artists, and creators. Real, authentic, and inspiring. And here is your host, Marcus Engel. Let's get it started in 301. Nice. Let's get started then. And uh, actually really funny because uh, it's the first time in the podcast that we have a, a fellow WeWork member. So that's very nice. Uh, the founder of Cybersecurity Recruitment, Lawrence, welcome to the 301 podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having me. And uh, as usual, before we get into it, I always give the word to my guest to introduce himself, uh, who you are and also what you do. Well, my name is uh, Laurence Jacht. I'm the founder of Cybersecurity Recruitment. That's a recruitment agency uh, specializing in finding cybersecurity talents, the, the most interesting jobs in, in uh, the Netherlands for now, but we are also aiming to expand to other countries. And uh, we founded the company in 2018. So that's now three years ago. And uh, yeah, it's it's going quite well. It's exciting. Super nice. And it's uh, actually quite funny because I think the first time that we really talked to each other was on a Sunday. And it was not the first Sunday that, uh, that I've seen you also here in, in, in WeWork. Um, when are you taking rest from entrepreneurship or from your own company? Uh, that's a good question and I guess it's hard to answer because that's maybe the main difference between being an entrepreneur and uh, working for, for somebody else. I think the job does not really stop at some point. Even when waking up, you sometimes instantly are on, like instantly you're thinking already of the job. So it, it's not the nine to five kind of thing, entrepreneurship. It, it's always in the back of your mind. So. Uh, I spent some Sundays here indeed, yeah. <laughs> but when when do you think entrepreneurship became so cool? Like, was it, do, do you recognize like in the past years like that, that there was like kind of like this trend of like that entrepreneurship was like kind of like a cool thing to do? No, not really. No? I think for myself, I, I'm from an entrepreneurial background. So I always had this feeling like, hey, this is something I want to become when I'm a bit older. And I think working in co-working spaces, yeah, then you do get infected with that entrepreneurial vibe. And, and that's uh, and then, of course, you'll meet a lot of other entrepreneurs. But I also have a lot of friends who always went for the corporate career and uh, yeah. don't don't want to do this entrepreneurial journey. I also think it's a uh, for me like it was more like the the whole like Gary Vaynerchuk and Tony Robbins like this kind of like showing also this this lifestyle a little bit more actively because I think this really changed in the past years that you now it doesn't matter if it's like a real estate agent or whoever like they all have YouTube channels and they they give like this kind of like behind the scenes look of of the just the hustle you know because I've, before you didn't really see it like you saw maybe like the mansions or like th those kind of things. And I think that changed a little bit. Yeah, I, th I think that's true. Also with, with the, the podcast coming out and, and just the, the upsides of the entrepreneurial life. And that's also with most podcasts, of course, the, they're the most successful people in the world that are being asked for this podcast. So I'm very grateful <laughs> for having me. <laughs> no, <I'm> just kidding. <laughs> it's like that's why you're here. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for you. Call. Exactly. <laughs> no, but... Uh, it is true that you do have a lot of uh, entrepreneurial podcasts and, and the life of the, the big fancy entrepreneurs, it, it's now more transparent. So I, th I think that's interesting to to have an indication what their life looks like and that sometimes is very appealing. So I, I think the difference between having your own business and working for somebody else, I think as an entrepreneur, sky's the limit. And, and that's if you work in a corporate career, you have salary scale. So you already know more or less what your salary is going to be next year if you perform well, mm. but it's always kept. So if you really want to aim for the stars, 
then it's probably better to become an entrepreneur because then you never know what's going to happen. But in a corporate uh, world, it, it's it's all written out already for you. Mm. You said that um, you you come from like your family has an entrepreneurial background. When did it become interesting for you? Was it really like kind of like early years that you said already with 12, oh, wow, I, I also want to have my own business? Or, or when was it that you that you kind of like had this kind of feeling, oh, I, I think uh, I'm, I can do something or I want to do something? Yeah, well, uh, for me it was with uh, Pokemon cards that uh, I never really enjoyed Pokemon and also the Pokemon trading that was very popular at, at elementary school. But that I did collect some cards from somebody and then you can uh, trade and play games against others. And then I thought, okay, I'm not into this game, but I see how popular it is. So there's probably some money to be made and that I can use to buy other cool stuff that I do like. And then I remember I, at some point I had a whole stack of Pokemon cards and, and in one sit I just sold everything. And, and then I, as, a, as a young kid, I made quite some money and then I thought, hey, this, is, this feels right. So making something from scratch uh, that that uh, was at a young age, and then I thought, hey, mm. this is uh, this is appealing. <laughs> I should do this more often. <laughs> and and how how did that uh, continue for you? Was that then like still this kind of like okay then, but then you still you you did your bachelor degree or your master's degree, and then but you still started working then, right? First. Yeah, correct. First. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I didn't directly start as an entrepreneur, but I I think I already had the plan. Like this is the the path I, I want to follow. But I think it was good to first get some work experience and learn and have sort of a mentor that, that uh, taught the tricks. And at some point I uh, I just went for it myself. Mm. And what, what do you think, what was for you the most valuable lesson as an employee? I, I, I worked for another recruitment agency. So there I was taught everything, what you need to know about this business. So uh, I also see it as a craft. It, it's a particular field that you're in. So. For me, that was very uh, useful to, to to learn all the tricks in the books and, and know how to approach people, have, have good interviews with people. So I think I really learned a lot there. I, I couldn't have done this directly starting from university. So you, I think you, yeah, you first need to learn a bit of a craft and, and then you can uh, put your own flavor on top of that. But mm. doing that straight from university would have been uh, not the right decision. Yeah, because that, that's also something I think that's sometimes a little bit a misconception as well, uh, that like, oh yeah, start early and start as, as, as soon as you can, which is, I think, a, a valuable and also like uh, true to a certain part. But if, um, I don't know, listening to you, but also from my own experience, there are so many elements that you just learn as an employee that are so valuable later on in the process of, uh, I don't know, stakeholder management or also yeah. knowing sometimes the dynamics of like how it is to work in a company and also like what problems the, the managers have and those kind of things. So I think it's very nice to to have this kind of um, experience as well. Yeah, I fully agree. Yeah. And for you, you were then working uh, as like um, uh, in a recruitment company and uh, when was for you like the moment that you said okay i think i've learned enough i now want to try it myself yeah that's uh, that's a good question because i worked there for four four years four and a half years but looking back also going back to your uh, statement i think i could have done it earlier so i i think it it's good to to get the the skills but but if you know 80 percent of what you need to do i think then you're okay to jump into your own business so i think i could have done that earlier earlier in my career and i think that during the last year i was already feeling the pressure there i'm, I'm not evolving anymore I'm, I'm not learning a lot so 
I think it's uh, it's it's better to start doing something for myself. Mm. But then that's the 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 downside with a more corporate career. You're in a luxury bubble. Things are going okay. So it's also hard to step away from that and and then start your own thing. And you know, okay, uh, I have to do everything myself. I'm not gonna earn a salary. So then it, it's more a jump to make. And was that something that um, freed you more, or did it? Was it more like hindering your you you like you that kind of like thinking pattern? In what sense? That um, like you said, you wanted to have like a like you you need to take care of your own salary. Yeah, and um, you you don't earn it. But did this kind of like um, pressure like free you more in terms of like okay now I can really like push, or did it also hinder you in the beginning a little bit to say like oh wow the pressure is maybe a little bit too high. Uh, and you are not so relaxed when you talk with, uh, with a client because you know you have to close it. Yeah, indeed, there's more pressure, and and that's uh, that's a, that's a big difference between doing it for for a company and or doing it for yourself. But that's also the joy. So I think the the highs are higher, but the lows are also lower. So in recruitment it's usually no cure no pay so you either get it all or you get nothing so it's a deal or no deal mm. and i remember the first couple times when you were close to maybe making a deal and then if it's a no then it's it's a heartbreaking <laughs> sensation <laughs> but then again if if you do get a deal then that's that's also the most amazing feeling and you would never reach that same feeling if you work for uh, somebody else mm. And how, how did it then come about? Because it was not always cybersecurity recruitment before I think you founded first a recruitment company, right? Correct. And why did you make the, that shift then? Or how did that come about? Yeah, that relates actually to uh, to WeWork because I had some clients from the, the previous recruitment uh, company that I started, but I knew they already had some cybersecurity vacancies and, and one company specifically asked if we can also find those type of professionals. But at WeWork, I met a very cool guy and uh, he's also an ethical hacker. So I knew, okay, there's a, a cool guy inside WeWork that knows everything about the cybersecurity market. So I just told the client, yeah, let me let me try to help you with this cyber vacancy. And then I just went to the hacker guy and I uh, asked him, hey, can you help me and maybe have a look at this CV? Would it be uh, a good fit? And then he was very kind and just said, "Hey, uh, we know each other. We're 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 friends almost. So should we not partner up and that I help you and advise you on on building a recruitment company 100% uh, tailored on the cybersecurity market?" So that's what we did. Basically, the same day we uh, we started thinking about a name and uh, yeah, then cybersecurity was started almost the same day. Was that hard for you? Like, was it difficult for you to? to have this kind of like shift in, in like direction in the end? Yeah, I also kept the other uh, recruitment uh, label, so I still have that. But yeah, in, in the first weeks I already saw that there's so much traction going on in this market and this is really a, a growing market. You read so much about uh, cybersecurity and, and hacks going on. So it, it it already soon was confirmed that this was the right decision to make and, and, and shift our attention towards cybersecurity recruitment. And why do you think there's such a big demand in general for for recruitment right now? Because I, I find it quite interesting if you look at like the employment market, um, like w why is recruitment so like in demand currently? I think due to the lack of talent, and that's mainly related to the to the digitalization and the, the IT industry. There you would find a lot of vacancies. So 
for companies, it's really difficult to find these professionals themselves. And that's why it's a full-time job to find these professionals. And, and most of the times you see when HR teams or internal recruitment teams, they have so many different roles to fill. So they also have to find other HR people and they, they need an office manager and they need a, a programmer. Uh, but if you then also need a cybersecurity professional that can take hours or, or days to, to find the right person. So if you cannot allocate enough dedicated time to find these professionals, they would not come knock on your door. That, that's a fairy tale. So y you need to, yeah, you need to work sometimes with uh, recruitment agencies mm. and especially in this IT industry. I think that's, that's the most booming because more and more jobs are, are um, yeah, uh, being made in this sector. And what is like the, um, maybe like USP that, that you can bring to the table um, compared to, to other agencies? I think it's uh, having a good network in, in, in a relatively small network. So, so we, we try to be big in a niche market and, and so far that, that's working out quite well because we know a lot of people and we believe more that LinkedIn is not the main tool to find the people, but more networking with people. And, and if we place one professional, then that person has probably a killer network of other cybersecurity professionals. So we we just try to build a good network in this industry. And that's for us the, the yeah, the, the, the main difference. And on top of that, we have the uh, hacker that's also the founder of the or the co-founder of the company. So yeah, we, we we know what clients are looking. We can ask some technical questions so we can dive deep. So we know the technical background that is necessary. Mm. Why do you think like there's such a big demand currently like in this whole cybersecurity market? Like, w what is what are the, the the dynamics? Is it only like a digitization or? Yeah, I think it's also related to COVID. That also brings risk that a lot of people work from home and that brings a lot of uh, security challenges. But in general, it doesn't take much to, for instance, uh, have, have a DDoS attack performed. So online, there are all sorts of tools that, that you can just pay for, and then you can target uh, an ex-girlfriend <laughs> or <laughs> a company you don't like. So it's relatively easy to 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 uh, go on to the dark side of, of, of uh, hacking. And you see a lot of cyber attacks and, and a lot of companies are not well protected. So there are a lot of vulnerabilities in their systems. And I think now that, that yeah, there's so many things happening. Every day you read about major hacks, but I think that's just the top of the iceberg. So most companies would never disclose that they've been hacked, of course. So I think what we see in the news is maybe 10% of what actually is going on. And, and that yeah, leads that, that companies uh, want to hire good security professionals. I mean, you're, you're talking with a lot of uh, cybersecurity specialists. What is like the biggest um, con constraint like that they are a little bit maybe like hesitant also to uh, for you to, to source talent? Because in the end, uh, uh, I mean, hopefully not for you, but uh, in the end, if there would be enough exchange between the, the demand and supply, they, they would not uh, need you. But like, what is like the, the main topics that makes it very difficult for, for you um, or, or for the companies more to, to find talent? I think there's a lot of scarcity in the market. So I think they expect that there will be over 2 million vacancies worldwide that cannot be filled. So, so there is really a scarcity of 2 million people in cybersecurity. So the war between the attackers and the defenders, that's an uneven game. Mm. So I, th I think that's um, that's going to be a challenge, like a global challenge. Uh, 
and and therefore it's it's hard to find these professionals was it a very big big shift in your in your mindset or or, or maybe like what was the the biggest shift in your mindset between being an employee and being an entrepreneur if there was any i think as an entrepreneur if you don't do anything nothing's going to happen so you really have to do it yourself and it's the same maybe if you play football or tennis in football if it's 11 against 11 you you can sometimes hide a little bit and and not give it your all and then nobody would notice but with tennis that's never the case uh, you will lose the game easily and i think that's uh, as a starting entrepreneur you cannot hide you have to do everything yourself so if you don't put in the labor nobody else gonna do it if you don't perform then there won't be any earnings so it, it's uh you put your life on the line in a way <laughs> that sounds very dramatic but yeah. uh, in a way that is true and, and that makes it uh yeah that that's that's a big uh, stimulants to to go for it and see marcus on sundays <laughs> <as> we work <laughs> <laughs> exactly is there is there anything uh, any uh, myth that you think is, is going around about entrepreneurship and founding a company that you would like to debunk here that you really need a, an excellent business plan. So a lot of people want to start, but they work for months on a business plan, but the idea is already in their head. So I don't know, in, in some cases, if you want to build a prototype or on a software and you, you need to raise money, for instance, then definitely uh, make, make a business plan. But some people stay on the drawing table for too long. And, and if you already know what you want to do, then just go for it. I think that's a big problem, but I I think it's also the fear, right? The fear of uh, of starting and also uh, putting yourself uh, out there. Um, that can be very scary, especially if you're an employee and you're not used to this kind of uh, how things work. And then um, also you have to accept many no's. <laughs> uh, yeah. but, but we are just discussed that you, uh, if you start your own business, you need to knock on many many doors, and you also have to accept, especially in the beginning, many many no's. Do you also have like a Uh, a funny story to share on on the nose for for your f startup like in the beginning when you started like a maybe like a fuck up story or anything now i know a good story uh in the co-working space we always had a hairdresser and and he would come by once a month and and then relatively cheap so we'd always get a haircut cool guy but this particular day he was feeling uh very bad and uh i asked how's life and he said ah such a tough day because uh He had some issues and, and two clients didn't show up, so he missed out on a bit of money. But during that same period, I was working for a couple months already to, to get the first deals in. And uh, I was waiting for three deals and, and it would all uh, be, the final outcome would be on, on that Friday. And uh, I think there was around 40,000 euros on the table to be earned. And, and two out of three already said, okay, yeah, it, it's looking good. So I, I most likely will take the offer. And then during those uh, first hours of the day, all three uh, declined on the offer. Uh, oh. And I, I, I thought maybe I've got to have 40K like making my first money or I have nothing. And then uh, it, it was three times no. Wow. And then I was sitting with this guy and he said, but uh, enough about me, how's your day? <laughs> and I said, like, well, my day is uh, it's also not going fantastic. So uh, I, I could have earned 40k, but now uh, it, it's it's uh, I'm still at, at zero. Yeah. So uh, yeah, so far the business is not really uh, picking up. 
but I still feel felt okay. So it, it's so much fear driven that you feel okay. Uh, I'm 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 not performing well, and what would happen? And you draw all these negative scenarios, but when shit actually hits the fan and you get a hard no and business is slow, then that's also okay. So you, you you make the things bigger in your head and when bad stuff happens, then it will happen and then it's okay. It's mm. not so scary when it actually happens. And, and how did you, and what kept you going then? The haircut. <laughs> <laughs> I got a new haircut. It's like, and now it's <laughs> the a day's not over. Exactly. No, but that's also in the beginning being an entrepreneur when you get a no or a decline or a rejection you feel okay i need to get back on the horse and and start running harder but maybe you don't work smarter so you instantly try to sort of better the mistakes that you made so you want to go straight back and, and start working but now being an entrepreneur for three years if something bad happens i know it's better to step aside to think it over or maybe just call it a day go home and tomorrow is, an, is a, a fresh start and so you can let go of things better and before you're very reactive so you want to solve things immediately or and then reach out to more people and try to save what you can save but usually that's not the right thing mm. you can b better give it a, a good uh, night's sleep and then start fresh the day after so maybe that's a good uh, takeaway for uh, starting professionals. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> would you would you start over again? Yeah, founding definitely. your company. Yeah, I think uh, later in life I will have another company or, or uh, multiple companies. <laughs> <laughs> that would be the dream. That would be the dream. What experience uh, did you have to learn the hard way, or what lesson? Maybe it's better. What what lesson did you have to learn the hard way? A hard lesson for me learned is that when I started my business, people told me set clear goals. And then in the beginning, I just thought, okay, I'm, I'm going to start and I, I will see what will happen the first six months. So I had a bit of a, a goal in, in my mind, but never set clear goals. And I think last year I finally did set goals and way too ambitious, I thought at the beginning. But then I realized if you set high goals and uh, you keep telling this to everybody, your whole mindset changes to reaching those goals. And now we reach those goals. But now I wish I would have done that earlier in, in my uh, yeah, entrepreneurial journey because mm -hmm. that would have made a, a lot of difference. So that was sort of a hard lesson learned. Set goals and, and set smart goals. Yeah, that, that's uh, that's something I, I should have done earlier. Yeah. So that's something I regret, yeah. It's a good lesson. Are you more someone who is like sticking to like a strategy for like a for for a long time or or are you very like your your failure um, acceptance is very high to say like okay that doesn't work let's uh, change course or are you really someone who is sticking to like no guys we we set this plan we are going to stick it out because this is the goal. I think I'm I'm quite flexible, but I also know entrepreneurs that are really they they uh, love to experiment and fail fast and and uh, try a lot of things. But I think I'm I'm more my appetite is is more start something and and give it a good time. And I think it's also focus on quality. So if you want to do things really fast, maybe the quality is lower. And I think in a recruitment business, it, it's quite important to deliver high service because, yeah, it's all, it's all about the reputation of your company. So if you're in it to make quick bucks, 
that usually will cost you your reputation as well. So mm. this is not an industry that you can tweak and, and try something new every other month. You, you have to put in the hours and, and give it some time. Yeah. Mm. Is it for you easier to, to start something up or to keep going? It is easier to try new things. I think that's a lot of fun. And, and that's where you find real entrepreneurs. They always want to try new things. But I think it was Steve Jobs that said focus is not doing more of the same, but saying no to other things. And I think that's that's very important. So mm -hmm. as an entrepreneur, especially if you work in a co-working space, there's so many inspiring people that say, hey, I have this idea, maybe you want to partner up and this is cool and that is cool. So I really had, had ideas about importing uh, blueberries from Serbia <laughs> to, to, to a new Facebook kind of platform idea. So, so many uh, ideas that sound appealing in the beginning, but that you have to say no to. So it's nice to start with new ventures, but it's more difficult to, to keep the, the path that, uh, that you're following. And therefore it's good to have goals because you also know, okay, if, if I would embark on other journeys, that will uh, not lead to uh, succeeding the goals that I have for myself. And, and mm. again, therefore, it's good to set those goals. Yeah. But I think that's also like, um, like very dangerous as well, right? With uh, like all the ideas and uh, around in a co-working space, like it's very nice, I think, to have those people around you because they inspire you. But it's also very distracting because then someone starts working on stuff and you think, wow, that's cool. I, I wish I, would be, I could get in. <laughs> like I, I could, I could uh, help them. Um, one thing that, that I think also is uh, uh, very remarkable, I think um, I think you, you can already hear it also on the on the podcast recording now, that you're always walking around with a smile, you're, you're laughing a lot, you try to make things like uh, nice and funny. Uh, is, is there also like a, a quiet and, and uh, thinker Laurens somewhere? Yeah, there, there is that, that person, definitely. Thanks for the, <laughs> for the remark though. But uh, yeah, I think that's more when uh, when I'm not in the office. There's, there's also uh, yeah, a very uh, aggressive guy. <laughs> 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 no, but uh, of course, yeah, I also have my moments. But I think from uh, childhood, people always said, even family, like the, that's the guy that's always smiling and uh, laughing. So I think I'm blessed to be an optimistic person and. Uh, rather joyful person but of course you also have uh, darker times and moments but i usually see the see the the positive side in things mm. yeah and and how do you cope with negativity like how does that uh, show with you i try not to mention it so if if there are things that i don't like i think it's better to keep it for yourself because it can also affect the people around you and i notice for myself I love being in a room with the inspiring and optimistic people. So I think it's also nice to be around people that, that share that, uh, yeah, that, that positive spirit. So for me, if, if I have a negative day, I, I just try to change my mindset, either to do a workout or meditate or just change your mindset, take a cold shower but then you, you can feel like a completely different person. So those are for me tricks uh, that, that help to, to reset mm. that, uh, the mind a little bit. Yeah, definitely. Are you more a person that says uh, more often yes or no in life? I think my ex-girlfriend always said <laughs> <laughs> I say no too much. So she would say no. And maybe that's true also. 
But there's the focus again. Yeah, Steve I, I, Jobs I, I find, I find <laughs> coming a, true. A, a very difficult question, actually. Uh, I tried to answer a couple of times for myself. Yeah. Um, because in the end, uh, uh, either way, it's not good for what it is. Like if you say yes too many times, then you end up with those. Uh, then you probably founded already 20 not successful startups. Um, if you say no too many times, then maybe uh, you have not founded like the one successful startup. Yeah. So I think it's a very like very very thin line, especially in entrepreneurship. Uh, when to say no and when to say yes. When to accept a client. Um, yeah. For a shitty proposal maybe, and when not. So it's I think. Yeah, but saying no too much sounds like a negative thing. Yeah. But how you phrase it is actually better, I think, to say no more often. But it, it's also, do you relate it to business or do you relate it to uh, yeah, people close to you that invite you to do fun stuff? And yeah. if you always say no, yeah. that, then you could be a bit of a prick. Then you're probably but in not, business, it, yeah. I think it's good to say no more often. And, and with regard to having that focus, saying no is, is probably a, a good thing. Mm. But say it with a smile then. <laughs> no. <laughs> there you Shake go. your head and you should see the, the smile right now. With, with a cold shower. You <laughs> <laughs> can smile during the cold shower. Exactly. You're the man. When was the last time that you that you were inspired? I think I get inspired every day. I, I, I tend to listen to a lot of podcasts. So that that's always very inspiring to me. I like to listen when I'm commuting and here in the Netherlands we all bike to work, so that that's really uh yeah very inspiring for me then then i start with that smile on the face and then i'm i'm ready to go do, do you remember like the the last time or do you remember like the last thing that really like s struck you where you were like wow that was uh, had like an impact maybe even on your on your life or on your on yourself yeah if i can quote another podcast i think it was uh, how i built this and i forgot the founder but she as as a, a beauty line and she said, there's no competition from other people, only from yourself. So every day you're in, in competition with yourself to become the best person you can be. And are you living up to your potential? And then I thought, yeah, that's so powerful because you always look at other people, how fast are, are they growing? What are they doing? And it, it, how are they feeling? But I think that's, that's not what it's about. It's how good of a person am I becoming? And am I living up to my potential? So look more inward than outward. So mm. that was very uh, powerful. Really powerful. How 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 do you manage like to inspire yourself? Like is it then only through podcasts or is there anything else that you do like to, that you like stay on your tiptoes also on, on like innovation, on mindset and inspiration? Yeah, I think the goal setting again is, is quite crucial. And if you set the goals too high, too ambitious, so almost unrealistic, then you always stay on point. So that that's one. And I think for me, what helps is also to, to have a bit of a ritual, both in the morning and in the evening. So that calms me down, but also helps me not to be stressed and anxious. And I think if you're not stressed or anxious, then there's more room for creativity and clearer thinking. So, so that that's also helpful for me yeah. then I can set better targets and, and come up with more innovative solutions and when I'm stressed then that's uh, not really helping what uh, morning routines or evening routines do you have or would you recommend I recommend and this is a big one for me is, is 
turning off uh, your phone uh, at nine in the evening and also turning it on at uh, nine in the morning. And uh, I think that's that's a, a very powerful thing because looking at your screen the first thing in the morning and the last thing at night, I don't think that's healthy because there are all these things going on, all these little alerts. So it causes a stress relation, uh, a reaction, stress reaction. So I don't think that that's uh, that's healthy. And for me, what's really helpful as an entrepreneur is, is also to to meditate or do breathing exercises that you really zone off so so that there's nothing going on. So in the beginning with meditation, it, it, it was not so pleasant or it was difficult to keep focus. And now I really look forward. Like, okay, these 15 minutes, nothing's gonna happen. Again, my phone is off and I know, okay, there's nothing I have to worry about. So that's especially nice in the morning. So, so to come back to the routine in the morning, I always try to set my alarm one hour early so that I know I have one hour that I don't have to do anything. I don't have to have breakfast. I, I don't uh, have to get ready to work, but I can just do whatever I like. So read a book or meditate or write in a journal or something. But that's uh, that's a very nice way to start the day. You, s you said before that I switch off my phone at nine in the evening and switch it on at nine in the morning. Uh, working in such a fast-paced business like the the recruitment business where every call could also mean uh, a yes and also maybe like another uh, client for the for the company are you not afraid to to miss out like is that FOMO not like too big that you say like okay I mean I can deprive myself a little bit from two hours of sleep but I I want to be online if at 11 o'clock someone calls me no no in the beginning, I had it that every call used to be super important, but if people find it very valuable to talk to you or reach out, they would probably call again tomorrow or they leave a voicemail. So I, I, I don't see uh, that fair. The only thing is with family, sometimes if there would be an emergency and, and they call after nine in the evening, then you're you're not able uh, to pick up the phone. So so I I have sometimes worries about that, but with regards to the business, not at all. Yeah. And it's also the society that we live in nowadays that everybody needs to be available uh, 24 hours a day. And I don't think that's that's healthy. And it's also because of recruitment, you're, you're talking a lot to a lot of different people. So it's also very uh, relieving to then say, okay, now the phone is off and mm. uh, I have some time for myself. Yeah, no, but it's super nice. Like a, it's more like a admiration, <laughs> like a, to to said to be able to do that. Um, I think you know I'm very person who's uh, I don't know writing emails uh, <laughs> and working and uh, in the night and in the morning and just like all being always on or something. But uh, of course, when you look then at your screen time, screen time, and you have seven or eight hours, you think like oh, fuck. yeah, yeah the <laughs> phone is, the phone is very addictive. Yeah. 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 I also don't have social media. I, I don't use any social media. That's also something I I can recommend. Because mm. you, you do spend a lot of time. You're just scrolling and scrolling and, and there's sort of a fear of missing out that next funny photo or somebody getting engaged. Uh, yeah. yeah. I, I think I can do without. Especially the, before going to bed. That, that doesn't I think it's nice to start the day and end the day with some positive spirits. So maybe think of some things that you're grateful for. But for me, watching friends, even though I like uh, these friends a lot, but if they're somewhere on Mallorca having a great time and I'm in rainy Amsterdam, <laughs> if that's the last thing I see before I go to bed, yeah. I, I'm not gonna be super excited. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I think it's good to to cut that off. Yeah, definitely.
Is, is there anything still in your life that, that you, or, or, is there, or is there anything that you still try to prove to yourself? I would like to prove to myself that I am capable of building and growing a, a good, healthy company so that it's, uh, it has a certain size and, and it's a sustainable company. Because now I've been an entrepreneur for three years and there's been quite a, a nice growth, but it's also something, can you keep the growth for, for a longer period of time? And, and that's still something I would like to prove to myself that yeah. uh, some, we all can get lucky and be in the right time at the right moment, but it also takes class to build this thing in, yeah, in multiple years to come and maybe mm. eventually even build a, a second company or a third company. So, yeah. Because yeah. I think that then this is, I think also the ultimate proof uh, if you build another company that like, that you know how, how it, how it works. Yeah. 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 But I, I, it might sound cocky, but I, I have the feeling I could do that again. So, so, uh, with recruitment, the nice thing is you just have a laptop and that's it and a phone, and then, then you have to start. And now we have yeah, a, a, a very good team. We have 25 K followers on LinkedIn. So within three years, we were able to build something from nothing. I, I, I had a non-compete with my old company. I, I didn't have the right professionals. So you really have to start from scratch. And I think having achieved that is quite a confidence mm. uh, building thing. Same with the Pokemon cards in the beginning, you, you have nothing, but somehow you, you know how to make something out of it. And it's all by just meeting other people and talking to other people. Mm. So I think I, I could do that again in a different setting. Does it also teach you and give you the confidence that you don't necessarily have to know what you're founding? Like the ins and outs? I think so. Yeah. That's with the business plan, you can write it all down, but at some point you just have to start and maybe fake it till you make it a little bit and, mm. and pretend you, you know a lot about it. And um, yeah, I, I, th I think you just have to try and, yeah. and go for it. Yeah. I think you've achieved quite, quite a lot uh, in your personal life, but also how you built the, the company. But what are you most proud of? I think it's building the company and taking the, the leap of faith to, to do that yourself. I think that that's something to be proud of, to, to make that uh, call. And a lot of friends also said, uh, you shouldn't do it, you're too young, so give it a bit more time, you can learn a lot. So I think making that step, was uh, that, that's still a big one. And secondly, just being at this point in life that they say, okay, after three years, we, we did uh, achieve quite a bit, maybe more than I, I originally thought I would uh, be able to pull off. Mm. So that that's something I'm, uh, yeah, I'm proud of. I'm very happy with. Yeah. Yeah. And very you can grateful. be, <laughs> you can be also very proud. Um, I slowly want to to bring the, the, the podcast home. I think uh, it was amazing to to yeah. hear, hear all the stories. Uh, I think we met today a very um, positive uh, and happy founder, but also uh, one with clear rules. Um, because I think even though that you're like the fun, engaging guy, um, you still have a very clear mindset and that became very clear on uh, where you want to go and what you want to reach. Um, and I think uh, switching off your phone uh, and switching on your phone at a certain time really helps you also like to not lose this focus and uh, and to say yes or no when when <laughs> required. <laughs> yeah. um, I always have three final questions uh, that I ask every guest, so I'm also going to ask that to you. And the first one is, uh, what are you not very good at right now 
that you want to become better at? I think I should structure my days better. So with recruitment specifically, you have a lot of different people and a lot of different companies that you're dealing with. But as the founder of the company, you also have to work on the, the administration, the finance, so some internal stuff. So now it's very ad hoc. So I, I try when I come in the morning to do certain things, but then I got a call from this company and from that professional and the whole day, my whole uh, rhythm is, is not there. So, so that the things that I tell myself to do that day, I won't reach because I don't keep the structure in the day. Mm. So I spoke with another founder and he has a very strict agenda. So every invoice that comes in, you, you just do that on Friday, uh, the last hours of the day, because that's when you do finance. And when there's a HR meeting with your team, you do that on Tuesday, because that's when you do the meetings about HR. So it's a very structured calendar. And I think that's very powerful. And I heard it from other founders as well, that, that is, uh, this is something good to implement. And that's something I'm not doing. And I think there's lots to be gained there. So, mm. so uh, bring structure, not only in the long term, but also set specific uh, time slots during the day and, and don't get restricted. Uh, and, and don't, don't get distracted. Maybe get distracted. Yeah. 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 Also in regards of being half an hour late to the podcast recording would help. <laughs> yeah. Good, good improvement for you. <laughs> um, which title would you give this chapter of your life? If it would be a book. The first uh, word that popped into my mind and then uh, it's probably good to share is spring. Spring. Oh, that's yeah. nice. Maybe it's also the time of year I'm looking outside, but. I also just ended a, a relationship uh, eight years, so that was a very difficult thing. So I, and I moved houses. So it, a lot of things has happened over the the last six months. So I, I feel there's sort of a new chapter happening, and the business is is picking up uh, quite well. So I I have sort of renewed energy and and positive vibes. Mm. So I think spring is, is spring. The, yeah, the right word. To put it, uh, nice. Yeah. That's a that's a good one. And the last question: If you could send uh, SMS to every mobile phone in this world, what would you say? Put your phone down. <laughs> put your phone down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, nice. That's the after nine o'clock. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but yeah. Actually, that that would be a, a great sentence. Yeah. yeah. Use your phone only from nine to nine, and that's maybe some other thing. I hope people will support me on this journey, but it would be nice to pull that off that we can all have one day a year where we don't use any tablets or, or smartphones. So that is sort of a non-digital day mm. and to see, uh, maybe do it on a Saturday or Sunday, but that as many people as possible in the world will try to not touch their, their phone. Maybe we can start with, with not touching the phone or but not be online and, and just be with the people that are close to you or just be with yourself, but not to be, be on the on, on the phone. That's something yeah. uh, that that's also a goal in life to, to work on that. I think like an offline, offline day, offline day. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Maybe you can start a movement here. <laughs> yeah. <It's gonna laughs> we, we pick a date and keep you up with date. It's going to be hard to listen to podcasts on a exactly. days like that. Yeah. We send it on the radio. <laughs> oh, what's your thought on that? 
that's really nice i mean you have like a lot of those days right like you have the the, the blackout days or whatever that you cannot uh, use uh, electricity for for like an hour or something like this yeah. this i think but then um, it's forced upon you and yeah. and now if we voluntarily would do this i, I think that would be uh, something very interesting yeah would be also interesting what what would happen you know at this day I mean, I know, like, I, you know how it is to, with that feeling of uh, when you forgot your phone, uh, you feel like an idiot, right? Like it's. Or uh, you feel great, like a great idiot. Yeah, yeah, no, but like <laughs> it, the the first thing is like you you have like all your patterns, like okay, I don't know uh, how to how to go there, or you know, like because everything is like okay, Google Maps, whatever. Like you don't look in a, in a map anymore. Marcus, to ask you, what would happen if you turn off your phone for for a day or from ninety nine? Like, what's the worst scenario? that you can think of yeah nothing like i think it's family it's uh, just for the family it's yeah. just for okay so but also, yeah also there you would have uh, probably options right i mean i think you can even put it on your phone that if someone calls you i don't know three times in half an hour then it would ring anyways or something like this yeah correct uh, yeah so uh yeah there's always ways i think to uh yeah yeah, or you buy like a burner phone or something like this and say like, if something is <laughs> happening, then just call me there. Yeah. But um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I really think that this, it is um, it is freeing. But uh, yeah, as you said, you know, like if you if you want to build your business or if you, um, yeah, for example, the podcast, if you want to build your, your podcast um, audience or something like this, and there are those small things. Of course, it's not, not, not a lot, but if someone comments and you comment like 12 hours later, yeah. It's it's not the best for your engagement, right? So you are like always on the edge and checking like, okay, who liked the picture? Can I, like, is that someone, who's someone interested in the podcast? You can't bring on who watched your story, who is like, you know, and you just try to be like very much on top because um, it's it seems very professional. If I post a comment somewhere and five minutes later, I get like a message, hey man, thanks for liking, thanks for commenting. Yeah. Um, then, then you feel like engaged, right? Like then this is like the social media game. So if you are like, yeah in the social media game i think it's very difficult to to switch off your phone because so many things can happen on social media and if yeah. you are sometimes not in the mix you're not in the mix that's just how it is yeah so yeah like you know it's sometimes crazy like if if you if you if you think then it could happen like it, it happened so many times in the past that someone shouted you out on a, on a, like a crazy star shout shouts you out on, on the instagram story or whatever in their podcast you would not hear for it for for maybe like 13 14 hours and then it's done you know yeah and so it's over you cannot ride this wave like you cannot reshare you you will not you, so and th those kind of things uh i think this is kind of like of course why social media works is that kind of like fomo it like you can become a star overnight yeah and i think that's that's kind of like why social media works and why they're big because they play with this kind of feeling they, they use you in a way that, that you will have to be there all yeah. the time yeah be on point so i think that's so nothing would happen like of course and you know but this is the same with with a lot of things like uh, yeah uh, and, uh, probably like if you think about the worst case um same with like starting a company is the same thing right like you start a company and but like what's really the worst case because sometimes it can be you get fired as well, or you start a job and after one month they they kick you out in the in the trial period. Can, that can happen, right? Yeah. And it's the same thing with entrepreneurship. Like you can start your company and after one month you say, "Okay, I think I'm not made for this," and you f you find a search for a job again. You yeah. know. So the th the same thing can happen. In but it's just like when you start your own business, it's seen as a risk. Correct. When you yeah. start a new job, they say like, "Good luck," and you're no job. So it's it's you know. So there's it's, a difference. It's, yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, interesting. And sometimes problems also solve themselves. So, so if, if somebody reaches after nine and has a certain question, then you're not the one responding, but then they reach out to somebody else. So yeah. the problem is already solved before you wake up. Yeah. Uh, the other day I had a message that was sent and then deleted. So I saw, <laughs> hey, there was a message sent, already deleted. <laughs> I think that problem is already solved yeah. and I didn't have to put time in it. But it's interesting to challenge yourself to, to do that, uh, put it out at nine and then look how your body reacts to it. Because if I see my phone, I, I take a shower or something and I see my phone and I, I want to pick it up, but I know it's off. But I immediately look, if I go play sports and afterwards I see my phone, it's almost like there's a little treat waiting mm. for me. There yeah. might be a message, yeah. right? there might be something here. So I, I want to go to my phone, I want to pick it up. But when it's out, then you really have to tell yourself, no, mm. it, it's gonna stay out. But in the beginning, I, I put it back on and just, ah, come on, I just, just read, 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 maybe I received something and then I put it out again, but then you're cheating yourself. Yeah. So it, it's, it's maybe nice for, for you and your listeners just to try for, 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 for two or three days, and nine to nine, don't put it on and see how difficult it is. Yeah. But the moment you see how difficult it is, you also realize how addicted you are to the phone. Yeah. And that was really scary for me. Like after nine, like three or four times, I want to put it back on. And I thought, oh, that, that's dangerous. So it was also eye-opening. And I thought, oh, this means I'm, I'm super addicted. Yeah, that's crazy, actually. Yeah, nice. <laughs> awesome. Uh, thank you so much for, for being part of the Three Room Podcast. And it was a um, pleasure. We are very curious where it uh, leads us. And uh, I will keep you guys updated about all the challenges of not using our phone Please in do. the future <laughs> you can always call me if, exactly. if you need advice I'm, you can always call me <laughs> <Nine to> <laughs> thanks cool. guys.